Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Outnumbered with Kelly and Hollis. And I'm going to let you guess it. Do you have a guess? No? Okay. Well, the answer is, I didn't really ask a question, but... (laughs) (laughs) I was so confused. I was like, what? I know. It was a rhetorical, hypothetical question. Anyway, we have an amazing guest today, and her name is Angelica Medina. So woot woot for her. She was formerly with the Boston Red Sox, and now she works as a program coordinator for the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce. So as you know, I'm going to pass it over to her to let her tell her story. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you, Hollis, for having me. I got the email way back when, and I was like, are they confused? And I'm not that important. But here I am. And thank you, guys. Um, Again, I'm Angelica Medina. I am from Boston, Massachusetts. And just like a little bit about my story. Um, It's a very sports-heavy story, which we are in a sports podcast. But there's a lot of of, um, turns and a lot of like weird things going on. So. I'll give up as much detail as I can. Um, so yeah, Boston born and raised, go Sox, go Celtics, go Bruins, go everybody, Patriots, love you guys, Tom Brady's my dad. I started my love of sports because of my dad. He actually was, he had a, he, he was like, he had a radio show. So, you know, like ancient, um, he would translate baseball games also on the side. And I was always just kind of with him in the studios and stuff. And it inspired me to like go sports. So in college, I had sports internships. I used to be a sideline reporter for this like small collegiate baseball team called called the North Shore Navigators. It was a fun summer. I learned so much because they had me being a collegiate baseball team. They have you do everything. So I did a lot of social media. I sometimes like I announced one game. They never had me do that again. Um, I did the interviews after the game and I just hopped around, which was great. So if anybody wants to get experience, collegiate baseball teams, they let you do everything. After that, I worked with Merrimack Sports for a bit, and I really just did as much as I could because one thing I realized in college in sports, it's super, super hard to get internships. There's a lot of no's, and no's are good. No's build character. And there's also a lot of yeses in a sense, but you got to figure out really what you want to do. So kind of just dip your toes in as much as you can. Um, From Merrimack, I will literally never forget this. I graduated applied to like all the random sports jobs that I could. And then on July, and I remember it specifically, on July 3rd, I got an email for ESPN. And if you're in sports, ESPN is literally like ESPN. It's like top tier. I applied and I was like, I'm not getting this. Like, I'm just going to throw my application in because whatever. Got a call. I want to say three days later. No, no warning. Just straight up got a phone call and it was a recruiter, a hiring, oh my God, hiring recruiter or manager for um, ESPN. And she's like, hi, Angelica, I saw your resume. Can I talk to you for a bit? I instantly broke out in a sweat. I wasn't prepared. I was like, ESPN's calling me. What am I going to do? And I apparently I killed it. Um, so next thing I knew, I was driving to Bristol, Connecticut for an eight hour interview to become a production assistant. Um, obviously, that whole drive, Boston to Bristol was like an hour and 45 I was sweating. I was stressed. I was like, I came from a no, no name school, like Merrimack College. I loved it there, but who knows what that is? We were D2 in sports. I was like, I'm not going to get this. I go in eight hours, interview after interview. And I, I mean, I left feeling not great because I was like, okay, I was going against people who went to like Villanova, people who went to Duke, somebody went to some huge school. And I'm literally in the corner like, yeah, small school, Massachusetts. We don't, we don't do a lot. 
Um, but it's okay. And then the next day I got a phone call and I was a production assistant at ESPN. It was official. I moved to um, West Hartford, not in Bristol, but West Hartford, which was apparently the fun area in Connecticut and then started my ESPN journey. Now, one of the caveats to my job was that I was a recurring production assistant, which meant that a full-time production assistant worked eight hour shifts. I worked seven, which technically made me part-time, but at the same time I had, I could work overtime. So on paper, I was part-time, but I didn't get benefits. So that's kind of where like that trickiness was. And it was an eight month program essentially. And it's called the CAP program. And at the end, since I was recurring, out of 25 of us, I think that were hired or 25 or 20, they were gonna keep as many as they could, which at the end, I think was five. So the whole entire program, you kind of were competing against people trying to figure out like where you were because we worked in the digital newsroom which we did like creating highlights, like mini highlights called SOTS. Um, we did headlines and captions for the website. And then we worked making highlights, like the big ones for SportsCenter. So you kind of had to duke it out with other people to figure out like where you were, which personally really brought the competitiveness in me, which I have always been competitive and I love, but at the same time, you would just work so hard. And at the end of it, you didn't know where you were. So in ESPN, I was happy with what I was doing. I loved what I was doing, I actually ended up working in the digital um, team. So I just made like a lot of like mini highlights for like Instagram and like, Twitter and the website. And I was so good at it and I loved it, but I internally like wasn't happy. And I think I learned at a young age in my career that like at the end of the day, you only have yourself and you have to like choose you. So after the eight months, it was April and I got the call for like the big, like, hey, come into my office. We're gonna let you know if you made it, if you didn't. I made it. I got into the CAP program. I was offered a position as a full-time PA production assistant. And instead of like jumping for joy, I said, thank you so much. I'm going to need, you know, a week. They were like, great. Yep. We, we know you're going to take it. No worries. Just, just think about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not taking this. So I turned down ESPN. That is um, something that rarely happens. I remember telling an editor and he literally stopped. He's like, you turned down ESPN? And I was like, yeah, I, cho I, I chose myself. And I told my, my favorite, I had like four managers because I worked everywhere. And I told my favorite manager and he hugged me and he said, you made the right decision. And I told my other favorite manager and he also hugged me. He said, I'm going to miss you immensely, but I'm happy that you're taking this, you know, you're taking this step on your own. So from there, I came back home to Boston and I got a part-time position at the Red Sox working as first an event host. And I, I didn't know what events were. I was like, I made highlights. Like I was very technical. This was like an open position. I did well in an interview and they like liked me. So they hired me. Um, so I learned really the events world. And I was part-time event host, which meant that I was um, the person during an event that would like manage it logistically and make sure everything was okay. And like, kind of like face the client. And then I got promoted to event assistant, which is more administrative. And I helped our department and I managed like smaller scale events internally. And then I got promoted again to a full-time position as um, programs, no, event coordinator. And that was fun. I just had like huge events on my own. I did that for about a year and a half and the pandemic, it affected the Red Sox and I did get laid off and now I'm at the chamber. So it's been, it's been a journey, but I learned a lot on the way. Okay. Can I just say an eight hour interview? What in the world? Like I got the phone call. How did you get through it? <laughs> 
so I got the phone call like and I did the phone call ended up being two hours uh, like she cold called me for, and it was a two-hour call I, again I was sweating I was like I don't know what I'm saying and at the end she goes great we'd like to have you come in for an interview um like what is your opening dates I just for graduate college I was like I'm free literally whenever I love you hire me just give me an opportunity she's like okay cool come like let's say that was Monday she's like come Tuesday um we're gonna get you a hotel and I was like this is why she's like oh I'm so sorry I forgot to say like it's an eight-hour interview I had the interview I from 12 to 8 and no 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 from 2 to 10 and she's like oh since you live in Massachusetts we'll, we'll get you a hotel and I was like wait excuse me two to ten like what what is happening um the structure of it first 30 minutes was just the, like a hello welcome to ESPN here's a general run through of who we are what you do what we do what you will do and that's the basic then I we got split into groups because I had it was a group interview with 10 people they split it five and five the first half we watched highlights and we had to pick what was wrong with the highlight and then tell the person we were working with. And then aside from being wrong, we also had to do one that was, what would you do different? The second part, we had lunch with like PAs so we can like see their perspective of what it was like. And then the last half of it. Oh, and then there was like a part of like a regular interview that was like, what are your biggest strengths? What's your biggest weakness? And like generic stuff. Um, but that was like, um, it was like kind of like speed dating because I would only have 20 minutes with one manager and then I have to go 20 minutes with another manager. So it was in interview questions with one, videos, highlights with one, interview questions with one, interview highlights with one. So it was very, it was very quick, very fast. And like, it was very intimidating as somebody who graduated college like a month ago and didn't have like a lot of experience. So it was a lot of like stuff on the fly. Um, and then the, yeah, the last half, we were all brought back into a room. So all of us, 10 of us, and we watched a highlight. And basically we were told to like write down what we thought was wrong, what we would fix, how we would do it. And then we rewatched the highlight and with like, cause somebody had, so it was the highlight that was not done well. And then they did, they fixed it. So based off of what we said, they were like, okay, like you got that right. Like that was a good idea. Like maybe we'll do that next time. So it was a very exhausting day. Um, I didn't obviously didn't sleep the night before because I was so nervous. And then I drove. And when I got there, I was like, holy wow. And yeah, eight hours. That sounds awesome, actually. I, <laughs> of course, it was a long day, but just how much detail they put into the thought process of everything. And I mean, you would kind of expect that because it is ESPN, but just the thought of everything like you were literally tested in every aspect of the job before even knowing that you had the job before you applied for that position did you have experience in production I had like the thing is I had like iMovie experience like a lot of it was like a lot of again with my internships um like I said the navigators let you do whatever oh I took that internship and I rocked it because I was like I'm gonna interview I'm gonna buy a microphone I'm going to buy a tripod, 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 and I'm going to record myself and edit it myself. And they're like, okay, cool. And like, I didn't know how to edit. So I was like, okay, I have a Mac. It has iMovie. If it's going to look crappy, it'll look crappy, but you know what? I did it. And my manager at the time for the NAVs, he was so supportive and we would watch what we, he did is he let me run with it for like two weeks. Then we watched the videos and he's like, okay, if you can, and if you know how, fix this, this, and this. And like my skills progressed to the point where like I knew how to do iMovie, but it's one of those things 
I was interviewing with people who were like took classes on it and like were like yeah I've been editing for like five years and I was like yeah I've, I've been doing this for like two months so I will say a lot of a lot of it's about confidence because when they asked me I was like I know I'm movie I know it's not what everybody uses but I am more than willing to learn take a class or like explore the options and they were like okay cool like she's willing and she's eager to like put in the time and effort yeah I think those are qualities or at least I know when I've looked for teammates that I want to work with or people I, I've enjoyed working with in the past those kind of intangible qualities like you can always teach someone the technical knowledge in that but someone who's willing to learn and to go out of their way to either help you or to go the extra step I think is something you can't really teach and should be very much a high consideration when you're trying to hire someone or work with someone yeah no I was gonna say too it's like and they see that like companies like ESPN wherever you work like they see that when you're willing to put in the time and effort like they will reward you if they can because there's nothing worse than being with somebody who like you're like hey just do this and like I don't know how I think it should always be like I don't know how but teach me or I don't know how but I will put in the effort because being a team player is important no matter if you're in sports finance just in in life it's important yeah yeah one other thing um that I really related is funny enough because you talked about when you were applying to your job with ESPN you were just kind of like oh ESPN I'm not gonna make it I'll just you know put my name in the hat like I felt the same exact way when I got like the job description for when I was applying for ESPN I was like it's ESPN like I'm not gonna get it but like what do I have to lose by throwing my name because I mean I know everyone overuses the Wayne Gretzky quote but like you know you miss 100% of the shots you don't take so like what's the point like take the risk yeah and one thing that like I've learned a lot in life if somebody says no to you what is the worst that can happen you literally move on I ever since I was little I would always ask for something or do something because I'm like okay at the end of the day I either get a yes or I get a no and if I get a yes awesome great and if I got a no I'll learn from this and I'll do it again and I'll try it again but at least I tried and when I, before ESPN, I applied to like a plethora of jobs. It was like, and then it was also like, you know, when you graduate from college, you're like, I want to work in sports. And it's like, Ohio, Oklahoma, Idaho. And I was like, I don't want to move there. So I was like, okay, what's in Miami? What's in New York City? And I was like, okay, like Angelica, reel it back. Like, let's be realistic. Sports are hard in general. Like, you're not going to just go and become like a CEO in 24 hours. Like, what can you actually do? And I didn't think I could actually do ESPN, but I ended up saying no to them. So it's funny how that works. No, yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine. Like, can you just take us kind of through the process? Because I know you said, you know, choosing you, like what really came down to it in terms of like saying no? Like, do you think it's paid off in the end saying no to ESPN? I do think it's paid off. Um, I just, and I loved ESPN and I don't want it to sound like they were like horrible and like I had the worst time. I just felt like, I, one, I was far from my family and the hours were production assistant the hours are tough you know when you're working like 5 p.m to 3 a.m back to back to back it gets to you in a certain sense so I kind of had this like okay if you stay how long will you stay for and then if you stay for a set amount of time do you see yourself being promoted because if you get promoted you can use that and leverage a new job and it can be beneficial or if you stay do you see yourself getting praise but it's not going to go anywhere so when I had that like self-assessment, I was like, I do see myself staying if I did for probably three years. And I was like, okay, within those three years, would I be promoted? And I didn't think so. Um, I just felt like, and this is like ESPN, the headquarters, because there's also a bunch of like different places. 
And I just felt like a lot of people that I talked to, because I did my research before I said, no, I talked to a lot of PAs and I was like, okay, like how long have you been a PA? And people were like, yeah, I've been a PA for five years. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But like, I do want to take a minute just in case some of our listeners don't know, but what is the typical career path of someone that is a production assistant or what do you aspire to be throughout that kind of journey? Yeah. Um, and I will say too, that is one thing that like, that's another reason why I think I left because when I applied for that job, I just applied like, okay, ESPN, PA, I think I can do half of that. I didn't really do my research, honestly, into 100% what a PA was. So I will say, if you are going to be a production assistant or apply for some type of job like that, do your research. Um, it's very typical for PAs to have long hours. It's very typical for PAs to work holidays. Like you work a lot. And I did not know that. So when I started the job, I was like, oh, why does my schedule say 5 p.m. to like 2 a.m.? That's that's a typo. And they were like, no, that's like, that, this is the job you signed up for. And I worked, I grinded through it. Um, and also, I will mention that I said CAP program. The CAP program, I can't remember specifically how long you're in it. I want to say it's between maybe five and eight years. And if I mess it up, sorry, but like it's it's a good amount of time. So you're a PA for about that time. You could possibly get promoted. And I can't remember what's after the PA part. And then after your um, tenure in the CAP program, ESPN has a decision to drop you completely, which it's like you're fired, but you're not at the same time or you're out of the cap program and you're just a regular employee. I don't know if that makes sense. Like you're, you're in this program and if you pass the program, essentially you get to stay in ESPN. If you don't, you're terminated. So that was another thing. I was like, if, what if I'm not good enough? I'm going to put in all this time and effort and I'm going to be a five-year PA. And then after, after PA, and again, I don't really remember because it's been so long, but I, after PA, you just become like, Honestly, I don't remember. And I'm so sorry, listeners. It's been a long time since ESPN, but I know I was a PA and then I really can't remember what was after that because then I went into like the events industry, but, but it was fun. It was fun. And I will say like, whoever is out there and is like, maybe I should or shouldn't apply to ESPN, apply. If you take the interview, you get people's cards. You can keep those cards for a long time and keep their contact information and be like, hey, thank you for the interview. And like, you know, one thing I will say when I left, I burned no bridges and I still keep in contact with everybody because I'm, yes, I wasn't seeing myself like fitting in there in the long run, but while I was there, I had great times and I made great connections. And I do want to say, like, take this moment to say that these are all just her opinions and her yes. experiences, because, you know, I just know we're going to have somebody that's listening. It's going to be like, that's not right. That's not what it's like. And it's there, everyone has a different experience. Everyone has a different opinion that fits them. And so we are talking to her about her experience. So I just wanted to make that yes. very, very clear. I love DSPN. You know, if you ever go there, I will say, please visit the cafeteria, the best food ever. But DSPN <laughs> did not do me dirty and I will always praise them, but I just love because of me. And I have friends that are still there and I'm, and I still talk to them and they're having fun. So everybody's different. And I think we have to respect everyone's journey because at the end of the day, it's what makes the world go around. We need different personalities and different people. Mm -hmm. I agree. And so I do want to touch on the next topic of never being afraid to try. I think that we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier when you were saying how you didn't have much experience in production, but you know, you kind of went for it and even in your job now. So what advice do you have for just trying and really putting yourself out there? 
Yeah. And I want to say like, don't be afraid to try and also know yourself, know your strengths, know your weaknesses. If you're going to try something and like, you're going to get pushback on it, be like, like, oh, like, again, like, um, we'll just put the example of like video editing. My weakness, probably I procrastinate a lot. That's just me. Like I've always procrastinated in college and a little bit at work. It's fine. But when my manager for my internship was like, okay, like, how are you going to get this done? My weakness, I'm quick and I'm clever. And whenever there's a time, like a deadline, I will procrastinate it, but I will do it. So I told him, I was like, I will get this done by X, Y, and Z. Don't ask how I'm doing it. Just know that I'm doing it. And I took the risk of giving him a timeline, knowing how I am, but it kind of forces you to do things. So when you take risks, also know the risk you're taking and know, hey, if I apply for this job or if I try to network with this person, what is the outcome? I could either get the job, get denied and be happy or sad. Or if I talk to this person, what questions are they going to ask me? Like prepare for like that. Or, yeah. And I think it's also like prepare for the best case scenario and prepare for the worst. And one thing I will say about sports is like, it is a lot about taking risks. Like jobs and sports aren't easy to find. Once you get there, I feel like you open your eyes because when I was at the Red Sox, there were just so many people that was like, yeah, she came from like this position before. She came from this. And half of them weren't sports positions. They just took the risk and applied to this cool job or this job that they didn't hear about. And they built on their strengths in the interview and they killed it because at the end of the day, like when you're interviewing for a job, you're selling yourself. You are the best product on the market. Like you gotta, you have to, build yourself up and be confident because there was somebody at the Red Sox I forget where she came from and I was like wow like wow like that was they're totally different jobs she's like yeah like you know what I did I marketed myself great and in the interview I said what they wanted to hear but I also made it genuine because nobody also wants to hear somebody like read off a script so and that inspired me I was like you know what going moving forward I'm going to take risks but I'm going to be like hey I know what I'm talking about and I know who I am and it's hard interviews are scary and taking risks are super scary. I mean, again, when I said no to ESPN, I walked out the building and I was like, oh my God, Ooh, I don't have a job. I don't have a job anymore after next week. Like I got, I got bills, but it's fine. And this sounds so corny, but like everything works out and time heals all wounds. So that's my advice on risk. I love that. Um, and uh, one thing you kind of talked about with having different people um, maybe come from outside of sports. Cause I know, you know, you mentioned now you're kind of not working in what people would typically see as the um, sports industry with the greater Boston chamber of commerce, but that doesn't mean your journey in sports is over. And especially I think with COVID now, a lot of people have always asked the question. It's like, do I wait? Like if they were laid off or still looking like, do I wait to just get a job in sports or does it look bad if I get a job that's outside of sports? And I think that's important for them to know that, like it's not one and done, you know, you can take a job and use those skills that you're going to learn. Like right now I do a lot of project coordination, project management. You can use that skill anywhere, whether it's inside of sports or outside of sports. So I think um, I really related to kind of you mentioning that where you you can't just, because right now you have to take a job that isn't in sports, doesn't limit to what your future could be. I could not agree with that more. And like, when I got laid off from the Red Sox, and I also want to preface this, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be in sports. Where do you work when you're in sports? What's your dream job? ESPN. I did that. Then I'm from Boston I, and I'm Dominican. So like my family bleeds baseball is essentially like we love baseball. So then I went to the Red Sox and I was like, oh my God, like I am just two for two on the dreams out here. 
And then I got laid off and it was like, whoa. And like, I was, uh, listen, getting laid off one sucks. Getting laid off from like your dream job, painful. But, you know, when I got laid off and I took this job at the chamber, I was like, Angelica, and it sounds like I talk to myself a lot, which, you know, it's okay. I was like, Angelica, it's okay. You're building on your skills. You're growing as a person. You're growing in your career. I would say to like any listener that has gotten laid off or is like thinking about making a career change from sports to a non-sports industry to maybe go back, it's totally fine. And if anything, your resume now gets more diverse. You can say that you've learned how to work in different industries, which kind of builds your client relationship skills and your project management skills. It's okay. And like, I do think that's something about sports that I've noticed. A lot of people get stuck in sports because it's a cool job and it is cool. It does have its perks, but like you do get stuck. And I think the best thing you can do is like reevaluate, like take, you have your year, your yearly review with your manager, take one with yourself, like kind of like assess yourself. Like, where am I? What am I doing? Like kind of like what I did at ESPN, like, where am I? What am I doing? Do I see this going long-term? Can I leave and then come back? Yes or no. Because the more you make yourself a better candidate for another job, for the job you have now, or the more, and also never stop learning. Like if you go to a new job, you're going to keep on learning. And I just feel like there's a lot of trepidation about leaving in the sports industry, but you can always come back. And one thing I also learned about sports is it's not just teams. It's not just companies. There's agencies, there's foundations, like there's a lot more to sports. And I think that's one thing that people get so like associated on, like I need to work for the Red Sox or the Patriots or the Celtics. I'm like, no, you can work for FSM, Family Sports Management. It's an agency. You can work for, you can even work for the newspaper writing articles about sports. Like that's still sports. There's so much more. And that's the thing, like sometimes, and I, I had it when I was in college, I had blinders. I was like, I'm going to work for a team. Or I'm going to work for ESPN. There's no if and or buts. Now that I, I'm working for the chamber. They work for marketing, um, not they work for, they have marketing like agencies as clients. And like, yeah, we work with the Celtics doing their like marketing. And I'm like, oh my God, do you guys do that? Like, there's just so much more than a team and then like ESPN. And like, even now I kind of had like, okay, like Angelica, you work here. What else do you want to do? And I was like, okay, what about sports law? So I reached out to one of the lawyers at the Red Sox I had a great relationship with. And she's like, give it a try. What's the worst thing that can happen? You go to law school? Like, that's not a bad thing. So like right now, I'm actually taking LSAT classes so I can take the LSATs in the fall. And then maybe if I do great, apply to um, law schools. If I don't do great, I still have my job and I can still, again, stay there for as long as I want. Or if I want to go back into sports, I'll go back into sports. I really like that you said about the yearly review, about taking one with yourself. So often a year can fly by. And like you said, those people, you can be in a position for three, four, five years and not even realize that you've been in that position for three, four, five years because, you know, you get stuck in a routine or it's just a part of your daily life that you forget to take a step back and say, oh, okay, you know, what's next for me? Do I see myself continuing in this position? What do I do? And so often, especially starting out in your career, um, I want to say, even myself, honestly, I don't really know how to roadmap my career or navigate through it. I just, you're so focused on getting a position, any position, and just doing the best you can that when they're like, okay, well, where do you see yourself 10, 15 years? 
And you're like, well, wherever this position can take me, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really sure. When more often you should probably have like an end goal or benchmarks that you can check off. And we had a call the other day with Jahan. And one thing that she mentioned about like your top three in the week, I thought that was really cool too, because honestly, you can take your top three achievements every week and use that into your personal review is how am I doing with this job? Am I actually happy? And honestly, you can do those personal takes on happiness or like whether how your mental health is doing in your top three. It doesn't necessarily have to be work benchmarks exactly. If you want to do that every week, cool. But if you want to have one week that's just focused on mental health, because that has been a very important topic of this episode and I love it. And it's something that you have to take note to and pay attention to. But I love that you said that yearly review with yourself because being able to navigate your own career is so important. Yeah, and I feel like, there's so much pressure to just become a CEO like overnight, like every, and this is one thing I've, and at the chamber, I run events. And this is one thing I've been trying to work on when I like, I find speakers for some of my events is yes, you see the CEO of um, the outnumbered podcast. You're like, I want to be her. Like, I want to do this. You got to remember it took them a while to get there. And it, you know, some things, some people are lucky and some things happen overnight. And again, that's their luck. But like, you got to remember that that person has 30 years of experience there's just there, with social media I feel like you just are so it's easy to just find a CEO it's easy to find an SVP and you're like I want to emulate them I want to be them don't forget to enjoy your journey because that's the best part about working like again they're gonna be great days hard days but like the journey you're gonna look back and be like I did that but if you're so hyper focused on like becoming number one you're gonna let so many beautiful wonderful moments go by and then you also like one thing that I have always, always, always done, no matter where I am, you got to help out your cohort, your new coworkers, because you never know where they're going to be in 10 years. They could call you one day and be like, you were so nice to me. You helped me so much. And let's do this project together or like, let's build something together. And whenever I see a new person, I swoop them under my wing. I'm like, this is what you're going to like. This is not what you're going to like. Let's work on this. Here's a cheat sheet. I'm just like random things. Like this is the code to the printer. Like, it's just, you know, being a friend goes a long way. And it also, I've, in my new like positions, I'm having a friend also helps you grounded. And it's like, oh, why am I not this yet? It's like, it's fine. You'll get there. It's fine. So I think the biggest takeaway, if you take from me, it's like, enjoy your journey and always like talk to yourself and know where you are. Cause like you are important and you are all you have. Yeah. And I think one thing, especially with enjoying your journey, remembering in it's your own journey. It's not someone else's like, don't compare yourself. I mean, I fall into that, mm -hmm. that trap all the mm -hmm. time, especially with social media where you just scroll and you see people like, Oh, they got this job or they got this job or they went to this cool conference. And I mean, you know, no one's posting the struggles on social media, maybe on Facebook. I've seen that, but at least on LinkedIn, <laughs> they're only posting their celebrations and you know, your time is coming and it may take longer than someone else's and you may have to go through more hardship and struggle to get to that point, but know that there's a reason why you have to go through it and you are most likely going through it because you are able to. No, definitely. And and that's the thing, like I listen, I'm the biggest doom scroller there is. I will go up and down TikTok and Instagram and see somebody like skinnier than me in this cool car, this cool house, hot boyfriend, this or that. And like, you know, no matter how confident or no matter how just anything you are, 
you will always compare yourself. It's comparison is, is a thief of joy. It just kills you. And that's when you got to shut the phone off and go to bed because it's like you said, like, this is your journey. And like, you, you only have yourself, like you are your biggest cheerleader and you are your biggest best friend. Like, and I don't want to say stop comparing yourself, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go tonight on my phone and I'm going to doom scroll and I'm going to be like, who is this girl? She's so pretty. Why can I look like her? But at the end of the day, I'm going to also be like, I know who I am and I respect myself. And that person doesn't, hasn't had my journey. And again, they don't post the bad days. And I'm not saying post the bad days, but I'm just saying like, you don't know everybody's journey. Exactly. Um, and we are um, running a little short on time. So I do want to make sure we get in our last few questions um, and make sure you have enough time to answer this. So one thing we always like to end with is what advice would you have for any individual trying to break into the sports industry that you maybe already haven't mentioned on the episode? Cool. Um, I think I've mentioned everything, Lily. I've, I feel like I've just been like word vomiting for days. Um, <laughs> but no, I will say... One thing I wish I did that I'm going to tell people to do, leverage your network. Do not be afraid to cold call people. To Maybe not call because you don't do that. Send people messages on LinkedIn. Don't be afraid. Like, oh, if your dad's friend's friend is XYZ, who cares? Reach out to your friend, your dad's friend. Like, people are usually super willing to help you. And I guess for me, personally, always be prepared because one quick snippet my first question in a sports interview out of college literally one week was where do you see yourself in 10 years this I was three days out of college I didn't even know where I was going to see myself in 10 minutes but I should have been prepared I should have said xyz whatever so be prepared and my biggest takeaway if you uh, heard my ESPN story don't be afraid to apply to the job you don't think you're qualified for because worst thing you don't get it best thing you get it and you get an interview and you get hired so take the risk do it all say no to ESPN if you want to it's fine you can be the second person (laughs) you know I'll be number one but just take the risk and enjoy the ride too because now I again back then I was like what am I doing now I'm on a podcast telling a story did I really think this that was going to be how that happened absolutely not but it's part of my journey so and I'm thoroughly enjoying it Yes. And the last question is, how can people get in contact with you? Um, if you can literally, I also will answer anybody because again, I love helping people. You can contact me at my email. It's medinaverasa at gmail. So it's M-E-D-I-N-A-V-E-R-A-S-A at gmail.com. Or you can literally follow me on Instagram, Angelica underscore M-V and DM me and I'll totally get back to you. And I think that's all my social medias that I like talk to people on. But yeah, again, don't be afraid to contact me. I've been through it. I've had a couple of jobs in the sports. I've gone, you know, I've, I've had my great days. And again, I've had my bad days. So, and I'm a very honest person. So I will, and again, creep and also on, oh, follow me on LinkedIn and creep through my network. I've told people that before. Look through my network and find people and just say, I know Angelica. And she said to reach out. Even if that's a lie, who cares? Just say, I know Angelica and reach out. I'll be like, so we fine. Angelica well, maybe reach out to Angelica first <laughs> yes. and then do that because I'd hate for them to say that and then they're like Angelica do you know Ashley and she's like oh, I've actually had that and I'm like yeah oh my gosh she's great I love her and I literally am like I don't know who this is but I'm gonna help listen I'm gonna always help a sister out I was like Ashley is my girl I was like she did something for me once but 
yeah maybe twice me first. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe twice she's my neighbor I don't know um but yeah yeah I mean and I think my LinkedIn is Angelica underscore MV like that's the whatever you um on the like URL or it's Angelica Medina but again I love helping people because people have helped me and I you always when I was wait during my eight hour interview one lady said to me you know one of the biggest things that I've been trying to do is bring down the elevator and I said to her what she goes, somebody help me get on the elevator and take it up. So what I do is I like to hit the button, bring it back down with me in it and bring people up with me. And ever since then, I'm like, I am always here to open the elevator and bring my people up. I love that. At yeah, first I was, thought it was like, bring down the elevator pitch. And I was like, <laughs> yes, get rid of it. But no, I do I, like. <laughs> I will, yeah, I will never. And like, that is the one thing that stuck with me forever. She's like, and she was high up there. She was like a, something of something. And she's like, yeah, I like you. Like, you're great, blah, blah, blah. Like, I want to help you bring up the elevator. And I was like, I don't, I was like, damn, I don't know this. Like, is this sports jargon? I don't know. And she's like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I only know, like, like you know, RBIs and like the points and stuff. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, somebody helped me get up. They brought up my elevator. So I'm going to bring it down. I was like, oh, I'm going to start using that. I was like 22. I had nobody to bring up. I was like, I'm going to bring up all my people my no one I'm gonna bring myself up at this bringing everybody yeah I'm like pack it in pack it in um but no again I will help anyone out because I know what it's like I love it well thank you thank you thank you so much for coming on our show you shared a lot of insight probably none that we've had on the (laughs) show before so thank you word word vomit word vomit yeah Good, beneficial word vomit. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And guys, we will see you in our next episode. Thank you guys. Have you been promoted? Like, did anything happen? No, like we've been, we went to like maybe events. We went to like a cool baseball game or a cool bowl, but we've had basically almost the same salary and we've had the same position for five years. And then that's when I was like, okay, reel it back. I don't feel a hundred percent happy here. And if I do say I don't really see growth, like it's time to choose myself. And then, you know, one of the things I was like, okay, you're also saying no to a full-time job with benefits and going to a part-time job at the Red Sox. But I saw the position at the Red Sox, a better opportunity than staying at ESPN. And to this day, I really don't regret it. 